Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us. Lots to talk about again today. We get ready for the markup of the House uh, Farm Bill proposal. We're going to talk a lot about that. Other items in the news, China's Ministry of Commerce says Chinese importers of U.S. sorghum will be required to put down a 178.6% deposit as trade tensions increase between the U.S. and China. T-Mobile will pay $40 million to resolve a rural phone call investigation. And, of course, planting continues to lag behind normal pace because of weather issues around the country. But we start with the uh, Farm Bill markup that gets underway tomorrow. Joining us now is Catherine Boudreaux. She's with Politico's Morning Agriculture. Catherine, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. A lot of anticipation about what's going to happen in markup. Uh, are a lot of amendments going to be uh, uh, put forth? How are Democrats going to, uh, what is their strategy? Because we know they're very much against the nutrition title. What are you hearing going into the markup tomorrow? Yeah, well, we talked to uh, Chairman Mike Conaway uh, last night, and he said as of that time there are about 20 amendments filed. Uh, and then uh, also Congressman Jim McGovern from Massachusetts, he's a Democrat, also ranking member of the Nutrition Subcommittee. Uh, he was talking about how Democrats were going to have a meeting last night to discuss their tra- uh, strategy. Um, McGovern at that point said he wasn't going to file any amendments, uh, but he is definitely um, strategizing with Democrats, and that's something we'll be following up on today. So what seems to be the strategy? They think just that if it goes to the floor pretty much as is, that uh, there will not be the votes to pass it? Is that what they're counting on, the Democrats? Well, that's what Congressman Peterson, you know, the ranking member of the House Ad Committee, that's what he's saying, that he's really doesn't, he's not sure if uh, Chairman Conway will be able to get enough votes to pass it on the floor. Uh, actually, last night, I think a potential threat to this legislation uh, on the House floor is that Heritage Action, which is the lobbying arm of the think tank Heritage Foundation, sent out an email blast yesterday uh, saying that they're disapproving of the overall package. Of course, they're going to be doing more analysis, but this group does have quite a bit of influence among House Republicans, so I think that's certainly something to watch. But there are some groups out there that are applauding the approach that this bill takes towards uh, uh, the nutrition title, food stamps, and worker requirements, and pushing people off those role, the uh, uh, the food stamp rolls, and into employment. Some are applauding that, aren't they? Yes, yes, definitely. There are certainly um, more conservative groups who are uh, in favor of moving more people off of food stamps and onto self-sufficiency, uh, getting people back to work. So certainly, Chairman Conway is not out there on alone, uh, desert island alone. Um, there is. Uh, support for some of the stricter work requirements and also, you know, doing more state training for some of these food stamp recipients or support for that. It'd be kind of interesting to see how long this markup lasts. I mean, if there are not a lot of amendments, it could go fairly quickly, couldn't it? Yeah, it's right now it's, it's hard to tell how long this is going to last. But, you know, 20 amendments doesn't really sound like that much. But, of course, that's just by the filing deadline. That doesn't mean that uh, you know, once we get to the markup, members can't file amendments. They can do it, you know, on the spot during committee, uh, during the markup. So uh, I think right now it's, it's hard to tell how long it's going to go. Of course, Chairman Conaway has said that he's willing to work, you know, a couple days if, if needed. Um, and, and it is rather hard to believe that Democrats, after uh, taking such a strong stance against this farm bill proposal, that they wouldn't. Um, and bring any sort of heat, you know, during the markup. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, for sure. I think it'll be interesting to see, and I guess Republicans are kind of counting on this, uh, those those uh, farm state congressmen will have a tough decision to make. Are they willing to uh, vote against a farm bill that maybe their farmers, for the most part, w- agree with or support, are they willing to vote against it just on the nutrition, uh, their opposition to the nutrition proposal? Yeah, that's a great point. It's definitely going to be a difficult vote for those Democrats who uh, are from rural parts of the country and have a you know a strong farm constituency. So uh, you know we have that's one thing we need to be doing today is talking to some of these Democrats to see where they're going to land. And um, this this does seem like a, a tough vote for them for sure. 
And then, of course, we're, we're looking forward to this week with the markup, but when we think about the big picture, all the steps that have to be taken, I mean, once it gets out of the committee, it goes to the floor of the House, it has to be passed there, and then everything we're hearing, the Senate approach is going to be completely different on the, on the nutrition title. So that would set up a very uh, challenging, I would think, uh, conference committee. Yes, yeah, certainly. And at this point, it's unclear how far along the Senate is in, in drafting their farm bill. Uh, I know that both Chairman uh, Pat Roberts and the ranking member Debbie Stabenow have said they want to get a bill proposed you know, in May. But uh, I think they are, you know, quite a bit further behind than the House. I know that they're sharing text back and forth. Um, so that remains to be seen when they actually put a bill forth. Uh, but certainly it's going to look, especially the nutrition title, is going to look completely different from what the House is proposing. And that will be a struggle once it gets to conference. Uh, I just don't know if you would be able to get 60 votes for... I, I know you wouldn't be able to get 60 votes in the Senate for what Chairman Conaway is proposing, but whether they can strike a balance that would could pass both chambers, both chambers, I'm I'm not sure. Well, there's going to be a lot of political theater play out here over the next few weeks, that's for sure. And you know, another interesting part of this, we've got we focus so much on the nutrition title, Catherine, but there are some other concerns in the bill. We've heard people say that uh, uh, the proposal, as it stands now, leaves some loopholes that would actually uh, let more people get the. Uh, uh, payments in the commodity title, you know, the move had been kind of to restrict that and clamp down on it. Uh, some say this would open it up more to uh, uh, people maybe that we thought shouldn't, you know, a lot of people think shouldn't be getting payments. So what are you hearing on that? Right, certainly. I know that this is an issue that uh, Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, for instance, has been working on for a long time. And the House uh, proposal, there's a couple of different provisions that would make it easier, uh, appear to, it, it, they would make it easier for uh, farm operations to get around this $125,000 cap uh, that is, you know, supposed to be enforced on commodity subsidies, for example. Uh, so that is an issue that will be controversial going forward, definitely, uh, because there has been uh, effort, especially in the 2014 Farm Bill, to rein that in. Um, and also conservation. I mean, there's about nearly, um, well, I guess there's $800 million over a decade that would be cut from conservation under the House Agriculture Committee proposal, and that that is also a issue to watch because I think it will be contentious in how that gets worked out. Yeah, so while the nutrition title gets most of the, uh, the attention because it's the most controversial, there are some other issues in the other parts of the bill to keep an eye on as well. Catherine, thank you very much, and uh, we look forward to staying in touch with you through this process. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, so much. Take care. Take, uh-huh. Catherine Boudreau, she's with uh, Politico's Morning Agriculture. We get ready for the start of the markup of the House Ag Committee's Farm Bill proposal coming up tomorrow. And later in the program today, we're going to talk with Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford and get his thoughts on some of these Farm Bill questions that we've just been talking about. Coming up next, though, anytime you uh, get into the Farm Bill, you get a lot of people outside of agriculture asking questions like, why do we need a farm bill? Why are there payments? Why are, why are there all these things for farmers? Blake Hurst, president of the Missouri Farm Bureau, will answer some of those questions when we come back on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. 
Auto financing the easy way. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time you spend in bed, it's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty and you can wash and dry my pillow and here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right, get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code FARM11. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your planned purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We spend a lot of time talking about issues like the farm bill and about trade and most farmers realize how important these issues are uh, to them and to agriculture and to the country. Now they may disagree on some of the details in a trade deal or the details in a farm bill, but overall the these things are very important, but people outside of agriculture oftentimes question uh, their importance and wonder why do farmers get a farm bill with farm program payments or, or why do we have to worry about a trade deal with China, for instance, or Canada or Mexico? Why don't we just buy our own products and use our own products here and not worry about other what other countries do? Those are questions that always seem to keep coming up and... Um, Sometimes they're, they can be a little hard to answer because uh, there are details and you have to look at big pictures and not always a quick, short answer. But we'll try to get some answers to some of those questions now with Blake Hurst, president of the Missouri Farm Bureau. Blake, thanks for joining us. Sure. Good to talk to you, Mike. Those are questions I know you hear from people. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are, um, uh, they understand that we had problems with our trade relations with China. They they, they see the steps we've taken is making good sense and uh, wonder why we're uh, why we're worried about it and uh, it is hard to explain sometimes because i think a lot of people would just say let's just buy our own stuff here and quit buying from somebody else and quit worrying about selling to another country we'll just uh, keep everything in-house uh that sounds good maybe but uh in reality it would it would bring about some changes in this country that a lot of consumers would not like probably well, I mean, we all benefit um, every time. I mean, the people, every time you walk into Walmart or Costco and you buy something that's imported, um, you were more, you were happy to change your money for that product. Uh, that product's on that store shelf because it's the cheapest product available. Uh, that's what Walmart, how Walmart makes their living. And uh, both parties to that transaction, Walmart, the, the exporter, and the consumer, you are happy to make it. And so when we put tariffs in place, uh, it's the government telling people, uh, telling people what they can and what they can't buy, telling people uh, what the price will be. And I think all of us have to question whether that's a very good policy in the long run. And as has been pointed out many times, when you look at the the populations uh, of the world and where the potential market growth is, it lies outside of the borders of the United States. Well, sure. We... uh, 
we uh, you know export half of our soybean crop, a huge proportion of our corn, wheat, uh, and rice crop. Uh, seen over the last decade, just tremendous increases uh, in the exports of, of of beef, pork, and and poultry, and even dairy. So so we depend on that. There's not enough people here to to uh, consume everything that this amazing uh, productive machine of American agriculture can produce, and that's that's just the way it is. And uh, I don't think any of us would look uh, very kindly on a, on, a, on a program that would shrink the size of agriculture about a third. Uh, but if we don't participate in international trade, that's what we're looking at. We're talking with Blake Hurst, president of Missouri Farm Bureau. And, Blake, here we are in the midst of uh, writing another farm bill, and I'll, I'll oftentimes hear from listeners who will say, why do farmers need a farm bill? Why are there programs or payments going to farmers? Uh, I'm sure you hear those questions, too. How do you answer those? Well, we uh, people need to remember that the most important and the most expensive part of the farm bill is crop insurance. And anybody that works in town uh, takes advantage of uh, when, their, uh, when their company has layoffs, when their company gets financial troubles. Uh, they have access to unemployment insurance. It helps, I think, if consumers look at crop insurance just like unemployment insurance. We pay in uh, when times are good and when uh, when we have a short crop or low prices. Uh, if we have revenue coverage, we get we get payment back. It is a way of uh, spreading that risk. Uh, we're we're looking all over the Midwest at a tremendously late spring. We've got prices that aren't very profitable. Uh, we've got the challenges of, of ethanol. Um, the ethanol market under some attack, the questions about the farm bill, questions about trade. Uh, it is reassuring uh, as we finally pull those planters in the field that we'll have crop insurance to be as a backstop uh, in case everything goes against us, which it could. And a, and a key point you made there, farmers pay into the program. It's not just a, a government just paying out to farmers. It's you participate in that program, both your payments. Now, I think another question that sometimes gets overlooked here and people don't understand how important agriculture is to our national security people just take for granted we're going to have food we'll have people that will produce the food and um, you know we've seen what happens when you're dependent on other countries for something like energy uh, we're so very fortunate and un- and unfortunately take it for granted too often in this country that we can always feed ourselves oh yeah and it is important we enjoy uh, or at least I do, uh, drinking coffee and uh, eating fruit and uh, things that are imported, foodstuffs that are imported. But if something happened and we no longer had access to those markets, we could certainly uh, feed ourselves. I might be a little nervous in the mornings if I miss my cup of coffee or other imported foodstuffs, uh, but I won't lack in nutrition, I won't lack in health, I won't be hungry. Now, another question that often comes up by, uh, by consumers uh, are there any really family farms anymore? They, the, the perception is it's all corporate farming, big big companies that uh, are running the farms and doing the farming. Uh, I'm sure you hear that as well from people. Yeah, I just had an email correspondence with a young lady who had written, a, uh, had written an article in a magazine talking about how farms need to be of a, I can't even remember the term she used, but obviously she thinks farms are too big. Uh, in her mind, all farming is done by Cargill and Continental. Uh, people don't make that distinction between the large companies that gather our our grain and our cattle and process that food and, this, and the very, very small farms uh, that, that provide it. Now, uh, all of us can look around and see that farmers are a heck of a lot bigger than they used to be. Farms are bigger businesses than they used to be. But when compared to any other sector of the economy, we're still very, very small businesses. It is an, a, a very large farm that uh, has more revenue than an average uh, McDonald's franchiser has. Uh, franchisee rather has uh, we're still small businesses and we're still all run by families uh, you get outside of the some of the specialty crops on the coast and it is a, a business totally uh, totally owned and operated by families and Blake I guess it all comes down to the thing we've been talking about so much in recent years uh, the information gap the education gap that exists between uh, consumers and producers uh, of our food and uh, why that uh, as the population has shifted away from the farm uh, that that need to bridge that gap with I- accurate information is more and more critical all the time yeah and it's difficult um, people people I mean it's pretty hard to uh, get much press time to uh, get on TV to, to put a, get a headline in the newspaper or on a blog 
or on the uh, internet site or website to say, uh, you know, you you've got a pretty good supply of food. It tastes mostly. It tastes good. It's very very safe, and uh, you spend less than you did 20 years ago as a percentage of your income on food. All in all, we've got a pretty good food system. That is not a very sexy story. It doesn't sell well. Yeah, it seems like the only time agriculture gets in the uh, mainstream media is if there's a problem of some sort, and then they then they all of a sudden start trying to find agriculture. Hey, before I let you go, your thoughts as we go into this Farm Bill markup this week, uh, any thoughts, concerns about this Farm Bill proposal on the House side? I, I, I am very concerned, Mike. Um, I, 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 I was happy uh, when the uh, uh, disaster bill earlier in the year we uh, – we found some extra funds, and we fixed some problems we had uh, with cotton, some problems we had with dairy. Obviously, wish we could have done more, but we did make progress. But those two things took some of the pressure uh, off of Congress to, to, to pass the Farm Bill. Those were the two big problems, uh, and we made some progress on them. So, so you have that, and then you have the quadrennial. Every four years, we have this argument over SNAP, uh, and it seems to be even more intense this year than uh, has been in the past uh, very very partisan for uh, you know people say oh farm bills are never partisan well they're sometimes a little partisan uh, but I'll have to agree uh, going into this when we've seen more partisan uh, back and forth and than we're used to so the combination of those two things uh, I think are are very uh, very big concern to farmers you know uh, SNAP stays in place without a farm bill uh, so does crop insurance. Uh, but all the Title I programs that we depend on go away, and uh, I think people need to be paying more attention uh, to this farm bill than we are. Uh, Senator Blunt was quoted uh, at, a, at a meeting we were at in Springfield, said he talked to people for 45 minutes and didn't have a single question about the farm bill. That's true, and it's a little bit concerning because uh, we ought to be thinking about it. Blake Hurst, President of Missouri Farm Bureau. Blake, as always, good to talk with you. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you. All right, take care. Well, coming up next, what does uh, the National Corn Growers Association want to see? What do they want to see in this uh, farm bill as we get ready for the markup in the House? Kevin Skunas, president of the National Corn Growers Association, will join us to give us a corn grower views. And, of course, I'm sure you'll want to talk about the RFS issue, what's going on with ethanol as well. And then our focus on the farm bill will continue. We'll talk with Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford a little later in the program. Get some answers from him on some of the questions being asked about this farm bill proposal. All that coming up. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. The mighty Prosaro king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield, the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Wheat futures are stabilizing on this Tuesday after starting the week lower. Meanwhile, corn a bit defensive. Soybean futures have traded on either side of steady. USDA said that farmers had only planted 3% of the corn crop as of Sunday, making little progress due to adverse weather. Winter wheat in good or excellent shape, increasing to 31%, up a point from a week earlier. That was still well below last year's 54%. The troubled outlook for the crops, encouraging some buying. In Kansas City wheat, an hour into the trading day, we're a penny or two higher, two to four better in Chicago wheat, three higher in Minneapolis spring wheat futures. Meanwhile, in corn, July, down a penny at 390. We see support at the 20-day moving average, of 390 and a half. 
In soybeans, fraction to two and a fraction higher. Old crop July up a fraction, 1053 and three quarters. We've got support at the 10-day moving average of 1052 and three quarters of a cent. For livestock at the Merck in live cattle futures, we're trending 57 to a dollar 52 higher. The cash cattle trade is expected to remain poorly tested on Tuesday. Chain speed is expected to slowly accelerate this week possibly totaling as much as 615,000 head. In feeder cattle, we are trending 50 to a dollar higher. Lane hog futures started in a narrow mix. We're firm to 35 cents better an hour into the trading day. Outside markets, U.S. stocks climbing Tuesday with support from strong corporate results. The Dow up over 200 points, NASDAQ up 81, the S&P up 20. Crude oil in New York up a nickel a barrel. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We continue looking at uh, the farm bills. We'll get ready for the markup tomorrow of the uh, House Ag Committee's proposal. And it's going to be interesting. Will there be many amendments? Uh, if so, what will they entail? Um, can they get through this impasse on the nutrition title? Will there be enough votes to pass the bill once it gets to the House floor? Just lots of questions right now. Let's bring in Kevin Skunas from North Dakota, president of the National Corn Growers Association. Kevin, how are you? Uh, good morning, Mike. I'm great. Uh, sitting up here in Balmy, North Dakota this morning. So we're, <laughs> we're just about going to start melting today. So I, I was just thinking, normally I'd be talking to you about how corn planting's going on around the country, but there's not much of that going on right now. I, You know, I don't think there's much going on at all. Even, you know, it's the wet in... Uh, you know, parts of Illinois and, and that, and, you know, talking to some folks in, uh, you know, northern Iowa, and they got all the snow in southern Minnesota, so it's, it's going to be a while, but Mother Nature will straighten it out, and we'll, we'll, get, our, we'll get our crop planted this year. So. Well, it gives us more, more time to talk about some of these other issues that are certainly very, very important. Let's talk about Farm Bill. Um, when you saw the proposal out from the House uh, Ag Committee that's getting ready to go to markup tomorrow, what stood out to you? What did you like not like about it? Well, you know, I, I, I think, you know, probably what we, what we liked is they're going to, uh, you know, try and fix the, uh, the, the ARC County, you know, use uh, some RMA data instead of the NAS. Uh, you know, that sticks out there. It, it appears, you know, they're going to raise the CRP acres, which we've had discussions on that at the NCGA level. And, it, you know, it appears they'll ratchet up to uh, 29 million acres by 2023, but they're going to cap that, uh, you know, put a rental cap on that. And and that's probably good because, you know, we don't necessarily need to have um, CRP acres, uh, you know, uh, competing with the rental rate, our young farmers and things like that. So so that's good. You know, it, it, it looks like the, the ARC County uh, program will uh, save a little money. But probably more guys will be going into the PLC, so that might cost a little more. So that's a few things that we're looking at. All right. So all the focus, or much of the focus, is on the nutrition title. And the big question now is, will that derail the farm bill in the House? Well, it, it certainly could. We're, we're fully aware that to get a, you know, a, an ag program passed, you know, we need the whole country. We need to have this being a combined 
combined program because we know we just don't have the votes in, in ag country to pass a, a farm bill uh, standalone. We need the nutrition title, and that's going to be very important. You know, part of part of our program, and I, I forgot to mention earlier one thing that we're really happy about, you know, trade is a very, very important part of our market structure right now, and, and it appears that the, you know, the, the potential for the uh, market access program and the foreign market development program will be strong. They're going to, you know, return those. We'd like to see increased spending on those, but if we can get back to the original uh, original amount that they're supposed to spend on that, we'd be happy because trade's very important to us. Kevin, I often, I often mention this on the, uh, on the nutrition title. The great irony of this concerning the Farm Bill is it's needed to pass the Farm Bill, but it also makes the Farm Bill harder to pass at the same time. Well, absolutely. We know that, um, I, I don't know the exact number, we're usually around uh, 20% of the, of the Farm Bill is the actual egg portion of it. The, uh, so, you know, 80% is the nutrition title, and we know that that's so very important, but it's you know, it's it's also it's also a sticking point for a, a lot of our legislators, and, and we want them to understand that the farm bill as a whole, we need to think of it as a as a uh, all-encompassing food project, food bill for the whole country, and and we're looking for the whole thing to pass. So we'll see. It's got a long ways to go, and uh, can they get it done? Get it done this year. It'll get done eventually, but when is the big question, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Kevin but, Schoonis, president know, of the National Corn Growers, with us. Yeah, Kevin. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I'm just happy that they're going to get it out on the floor and start debating it. We can't can't do anything until they get to that point. So, so that's a good point that they're going to get it on the floor. And, of course, you've got a lot of voices being heard. You've got people unhappy with the nutrition title. You've got some people that are unhappy with the uh, the commodity title, saying it's opening up too many loopholes, letting more people in. Of course, there are critics of crop insurance. There are critics of farm programs in general. And all those voices come out whenever it's time to write a farm bill. Oh, absolutely. But our number one priority, NCJ, is a robust crop insurance program. We know that in these years of, of uh, ever-changing uh, weather cycles in our country, that uh, you know the, the uh, crop insurance is so terribly important that these levels of commodity prices, our bankers need the assurity uh, for some of these uh, you know loans to get out there operating those. So you know there, there's a there's a lot of pages, a lot of arms to the farm program that need to be figured out. You mentioned trade, and of course, right now China so much in the news, uh, ethanol, pork, and sorghum really in the crosshairs, but potentially even more. How concerned are you about uh, what seems to be growing tensions, even though some tell us all behind the scenes are working and this is going to be okay? In the meantime, how concerned are you with uh, what's going on? Well, we are, of course, you know, very concerned about it, but we, we hope in in the uh, rhetoric that's going on on, on the chi- Chinese government and our government, you know, we hope that, uh, that cooler heads will prevail. We'll get in the bargaining room. We'll get it set around the table. We'll come up with some plans to, to move forward with this. We know that we're we're both important to each other's economies. Ag is such a shining star for the U.S. trade. We hope that the administration understands that, and we could move forward and 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 get some some deals made, you know, that that are really effective and that uh, are are good for the U.S. Uh, agriculture and the U.S. economy as a whole. So we're we're staying optimistic. What we know, there's challenges ahead. Well, the administration keeps talking about they'll take care of farmers if there are losses due to a trade war with China. But I know farmers would much rather have uh, trade rather than subsidies, right? Well, we'd, we'd way rather get our income from the market than from subsidies. Ab- absolute. There's it's a, it's a no-win situation. You can maybe survive with some extra subsidies, but you certainly cannot make a profit and be sustainable without getting a fair market price for our products. Talking with Kevin Schoonis, president of the National Corn Growers Association. All right, Kevin, this RFS situation, the waivers being granted by EPA, um, the damage that's being done to the RFS, to the ethanol market, I mean, this uh, is it's serious more than a lot of people realize what it does when it affects the that ethanol market, it really has a ripple effect throughout the rural economy. Well, it certainly does, and 
And we know that, uh, you know, uh, in, in a meeting at the, at the White House, uh, I think it was last week, you know, the president was very, very clear on that he wanted the RFS to move forward. He wanted to to get the, uh, the reed vapor pressure fixed so he can sell blends above E15 all year round, all across the country. But we're very, very concerned about the waivers that are being granted to the small refineries. And we've come out with some very strong statements to ask Administrator Pruitt to stop doing these blanket waivers for the, uh, for the small refineries because they have uh, waived almost a billion gallons of, of ethanol right now, and that is a huge portion of our market. And, and we're calling you know, for, for them to stop doing that and, and have more transparency in that market. So we've been, been very clear on our part on that. Just listening to your your answer there, we went from small to huge in 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 one jump here with what EPA is doing. We certainly did. You know, they we understand they they've waived the uh, responsibilities for the uh, for the RINs. You know, on on a couple dozen small refiners, and and that all adds up. If it's one or two that are having financial problems, but we we understand that you know the the oil industry is making you know huge gains. In, in their net profits and to say that that we have you know uh refineries out there that are are struggling when the when the industry is posting these uh these great gains is just incredible and and we hope the epa will will understand our comments and and uh and hopefully stop this yeah the administration says yes uh, they're going to support the rfs but also going to take care of the refineries it, it would seem uh, a lot of these moves have been in favor of the refineries already. Oh, absolutely. When when you take take into account that there's a a billion gallons of our 15 billion gallon uh, you know uh, market for the for the RFS. I mean that's that's a big part out. You know you you divide that by by about 2.8 uh, to get the number of bushels that that will affect. Well, that. That's a that's a lot of bushels of corn that's not going to be ground into ethanol this year, so we need we need to have them understand that that's very important to us and it can't continue. All right, Kevin, we'll let you go. How many times have uh, you opened the the shed doors and uh, looked out to see if the planter could come out and just had to pull back in and shut the doors? You know, it's uh, as soon as the snowbank goes down in front of the doors, I will, <laughs> we'll consider getting the planter out. So. It's all, it's all ready. It's back in there, ready to go. So well, as soon as uh, we have the tanks on the front of the tractor and, and ready to go, so as soon as Mother Nature uh, says it's fit, we'll be in the field. As soon as the snow bank is gone, you can get out there, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so. All right. Kevin, thanks for your time, and uh, hopefully the weather's going to cooperate here soon, and we'll get this, these corn planters rolling, and we'll keep a close watch on these other issues as well. Always appreciate your time, your input. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, and uh, let's get that farm bill done in this year. All right. Take care, Kevin. Kevin Schoon is president of the National Corn Growers Association. Well, what about the farm bill? We continue to get different uh, thoughts on it, perspectives. We're going to talk with Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford next about uh, the farm bills. We'll get ready for the markup starting tomorrow. What about the concerns, the criticisms over the, their approach to the nutrition title? And what about the commodity title? Are loopholes being opened up that uh, would bring more people in to get payments? Are they concerned about that? We're going to talk with Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford about the Farm Bill next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, 
the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to MyPillow.com and at checkout, use promo code FARM11. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed so if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep call now for prices and information and then decide when you see how little they cost discover craftmatic for less up to 50 percent less than today's leading memory foam brand call 1-800-318-7903 that's 1-800-318-7903 1-800-318-7903 call now Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, welcome back. We are still waiting to hear from uh, Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford, and we realize uh, schedules being as they are and votes being called and uh, meetings going on that uh, sometimes this happens uh, with members of Congress. Uh, But, hey, I think he's ready now for us. Congressman, are you there? Yes, sir. 
Very good. Congressman Rick Crawford from Arkansas. All right. We're looking ahead to the markup of the farm bill tomorrow. And, of course, a lot of the focus has been on the nutrition title. And it seems to come down to this issue of uh, of your proposal that would uh, uh, try to move people from uh, uh, unemployment and food stamps to employment and get them uh, off those uh, food stamp rolls. And this has caused a lot of uh, critics to say, hey, you're you're taking away needed benefits, you're forcing people off of food stamps, uh, and this seems to be the crux of the debate. Uh, how, do you, how do you bridge this gap between these two different uh, uh, philosophies on how to deal with this? Well, we're not forcing anybody off of anything. What, what we're doing is trying to uh, really implement a, a common sense strategy, and I think most Americans agree that we don't want these nutrition programs Number one, we don't want them abused by people who could do for themselves, number one. Number two, we want to offer alternatives for folks who don't want to make uh, assistance a way of life for themselves. They, they, they want help and they need help, and we certainly want to offer that help. But uh, sometimes that help comes in the form of you know, education and career training, not just uh, you know, uh, more benefits. And so what we're doing is setting up a program that using the same baseline, we're not cutting the nutrition title, but using the same baseline and uh, allocating some resources to help educate folks and help uh, create an economic on-ramp, if you will. Can you get enough votes to pass it? Yeah, I think so. And, and that's, uh, that's the other thing that I think it was unfortunate that um, you know the, the, the Democrats on the committee decided to push away from the table and say they didn't want to make a contribution to the effort, but uh, at some point in time, they're going to have to explain to their constituents why they would say no. This is, a, this is an idea that I think tests very highly across the country with folks who realize that we have finite resources and we have to do the best that we can with what we have, and uh, we, we want to empower people to get off of these programs so that these programs, the resources, can go to the folks that truly need it. And, uh, and at the same time, uh, empowering people uh, to create a better personal economy for themselves. I know you don't write your bill thinking, okay, what, what, are the, what, are the, what is the Senate going to do? But the Senate leadership, Pat Roberts and the Ag Committee, says they're not going to touch this. So does, do you have the unity within your own party to push this forward? Well, I think we do. I think we have the support of our leadership. I think we have the support of the president. I think the Ag Secretary will support this, and ultimately I think the Senate will too. I, I don't know um, uh, how recently Senator Roberts made those comments, but um, I, I feel like when he sees this bill and when he uh, fully understands what it is we're trying to accomplish, that he'll come along with us and recognize the value of what we're offering. Talking with Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford. Congressman, there's also been some criticism saying that on the commodity title that loopholes exist now with this proposal that will allow more people in to get payments. Uh, uh, the move has been kind of away from that, kind of restricting it. Uh, but we're talking about some are saying, hey, non-farmers or, or others are going to be able to get more payments uh, through this Farm Bill proposal. What's your response to that? That That's news to me, although, I, you know, I've, I am of the school of thought that thinks that when we make an investment as taxpayers in production agriculture, we should make an investment in production agriculture, absent the, the identity politics that have driven uh, farm policy. Look, we should be investing in the resources, uh, not necessarily the individual. And that ultimately, I think that's where we need to go with farm policy in terms of you know getting the most out of the investment that the American people make in national security. And, and agriculture is a national security imperative, so I think it's entirely reasonable and appropriate to invest in production agriculture to make sure that we can uh, feed and clothe ourselves on our own terms and not be reliant on foreign sources for that. You're making some changes in conservation. We know about an increase in CRP acres, but uh, some other changes there. Kind of explain your approach on the, in the bill to conservation. I think net effect, you're, you, you, won't, you won't even feel it. I think ultimately what you're going to see is a continuation of good uh, stewardship of, of working lands and non-working lands and allowing landowners uh, you know, to participate. Um, but it's simply, as, as much as anything, a consolidation of programs, make these programs work better, more efficiently, more cost-effectively, 
and that's a reflective of our desire to be better stewards of taxpayer dollars and deliver greater value to the folks who actually uh, fund these programs. What about the cost of the bill? Um, I haven't seen a CBO score yet. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be uh, this is going to be a, a, a good farm bill from that perspective. But uh, we'll start marking that thing up tomorrow. We have a meeting this afternoon, and I suspect at that point I'll I'll be able to look at the CBO score and give you a a, a more accurate figure. Uh, and I, I just don't have that in front of me right now. What do you anticipate in the markup? We hear maybe 20 amendments, and who knows. Uh, are you anticipating uh, a lot of amendments being brought forth? I don't anticipate more than 20. In fact, I think of those 20, it's probably realistic to think that as many as half of them may not even be offered. I think they may have sort of uh, you know, put the placeholder there just in case they wanted to, but I think at least on our side, we recognize what's most important is that we get this thing out of committee and onto the floor and that we can, uh, it's going to be subject to amendment on the floor anyway. So uh, in many cases, those, those uh, amendments would be better uh, reserved for floor activity as opposed to committee action. And do you have any uh, uh, timetable on when it could go to the floor? I, I don't, except to say that leadership has shown a tremendous amount of support for this, and I think they're going to want to bring it to the floor quickly. So uh, we'll pass this thing out of committee tomorrow and uh, refer it to the whole house, and I suspect uh, within a matter of two or three weeks, I would think it, it would see action on the floor. So you think the markup could be done tomorrow, could be a one-day markup? Absolutely. Oh, we'll be watching closely. All right, Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford, thank you very much. We'll talk again after uh, we see what happens in the markup, okay? Yes, sir, thank you. Thank you, Arkansas Congressman Rick Crawford. So he expects a very quick one-day markup. We'll see how that goes tomorrow, and we'll be uh, keeping a close watch on that, talking more about it in the days ahead. Uh, and see then uh, when it gets to the floor, and then, yeah, the amendments can really start flying then, and we'll see what happens. Interesting uh, days ahead for the Farm Bill. We'll keep you updated right here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day, everyone. The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield, the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosoro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosoro.us. Always read and follow label instructions.